sometimes when, when we start drawing or when we start anything, we just want to achieve like big things. And first thing that is going to make you quit is frustration. So I try to keep myself away from frustration all the time, or at least knowing that if I don't get to the point that I want to get to be or to, to arrive with, with that sketching, the next day I'm going to do a very simple thing just to feel awesome. And then we try again the next day. But if you go like from frustration to frustration, the most common thing that you stop doing it and you just quit. You know what I'm saying? And welcome to the Sneaky Art Podcast. I'm your host, Nishant Jain. Have you tried to get better at drawing and just, well, failed? Has it happened several times? Or enough that you accept you will never become the kind of artist you want? Maybe becoming an artist is not the dream. Maybe you just want to get to somewhere good with a hobby that you enjoy, but it just does not seem to work out. I'm asking because all of this was true for me. I was in my mid-twenties drawing a stick figure webcomic on the side and convinced that I would never be able to draw any better than that. But when I quit academia to become a full-time creative, I made it my responsibility to learn. Just like my guest today, I began a daily drawing project, combining my desire to explore a new city with the need to practice every day and hopefully be able to draw things. But where my project was just a 30-day commitment that later turned into a few months of daily drawing, my guest, David Morales, started drawing every day in 2018 and has not looked back. Today's conversation is about the many things you gain with a daily drawing practice. And as David tells his story, we learn that a lot of those are things that we did not even account for. David is an architect and sketcher famous on Instagram for his amazing line work and the depth and details that he is able to depict with it. I know several architect sketchers and typically I find their art expressing their clear love and admiration for the built environment and urban landscapes. But David sketches people just as much as he sketches buildings, and also trees and fish and all the little things of life you wouldn't otherwise notice. There's something about the daily practice that pushes us to find subjects of art in ordinary situations, in ordinary places, on ordinary days. Does this make the artist some kind of magician who can create art out of ordinary things? Or simply is he a better observer, able to find art that exists already in all of our lives, hiding in plain sight? With this conversation, we discuss ideas in both of those directions. Hello, David, and welcome to the Sneaky Art Podcast. I am so delighted to speak with you finally. Thank you, Nishant. 
I'm so happy to be here and finally be here. It's just like, you know, we've been talking for maybe six months. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it, yeah. it's time now. <laughs> yeah, it is. David, I've been following your art on Instagram for a few years and I am fascinated by the work you do as a fellow line work artist. I take a lot of inspiration from just watching how you how you uh, depict so many details with pure line work and hatching because that is again exactly what I try to do working with one or two pens. I try to reduce all these different things we see and all the complexity of the world into simple lines and how to convey that beauty while reducing it reducing it sounds like a bad word but simplifying it or distilling it into into just lines so to say and i've i uh, being part of the urban sketching community and the community of people who draw from observation i have followed a lot of architects also and usually when you follow when you look at the sketches of architects there is a specific well not a style but there is a theme to their work usually you find architects are attracted to architecture yeah. and uh, civil constructions and these vast urban landscapes so i was very pleasantly surprised when i look at your work and i see that you are attracted to not only the big things of the world but also the really small things of the world and the very epic scenes but also the very ordinary scenes of everyday life the things that you are recording in your one day a daily drawing a habit so this conversation was very uh, very important for me to have because i'm very curious to understand these different motivations and influences so we'll go into this in our conversation over time but first i'm really curious to know about you as an architect so can you tell me a little bit about the influences and the interests when you were growing up that led to you studying architecture and being interested in this field okay sure well actually i wasn't going to be an architect in the beginning i mean my daddy my, my father is a, is a doctor he's a medical doctor and i thought i was going to be a doctor like him you know and uh, i used to go with him like every time to the hospital and see his patients and every night our, our family time was to be in the car with him going to the hospital and while we while he was driving we used to talk that was our family time and every time we arrived to a, to a hospital we would fight with my brothers to see which one was the first one to go with him to the into the hospital and i'm the oldest and i suppose most of the time i i won and and i got into it with him and i love to do that i mean and i, and I thought i was going to be a doctor i mean until Maybe my last year of school, I was maybe 15 or 16 years old. I started to draw more and start because he saw my dad is he so he, he's also an artist. I mean, he 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 painted all his life. And, you know, I've been in touch with with colors and, and paints and all kind of uh, uh, painting stuff and, and at home. So at the at, when I was around 15, 16, I did this exchange exchange program in the U.S. While we were living in Colombia, I I went to the U.S. for for a year, and I didn't have I didn't have to study because I already finished my my, my school uh, year in, back in Colombia, and I was going to go to college there. So when I went there, I had the opportunity to take like really like not very important classes, you know. So I took like ceramics and art and home economics and things like, you know, the major things. So I started thinking, man, I could do ceramics. I could do painting for a living. So when I, when I came back 
to Colombia, I told my parents that I wanted to uh, study art. And my mom said, mm, why don't you think about going to architecture school? Because if you, if you decide to be an artist, you can be an artist being an architect, but you, can know, you cannot be an architect by studying art. And she convinced me uh, by that. You know, I, I, I suppose she was pretty um, concerned about my future, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like getting money or I don't know. Maybe that, that's what, what it was, you know, like art is always had this, this thing when just someone said, I'm an artist, like, like you just said. And I go like, wow, I mean, that is amazing. <laughs> but if you say you are you're so exactly right because this is literally what happened with me also i didn't quite say artist but in my mind i have always wanted to be a writer and i was writing a lot even when i was young and in high school and i tried to express that kind of creative curiosity to my parents that i think i want to study something about writing or economics or i just want to understand things in the world and my parents although they are so uh, they are so liberal with me their suggestion was also practical like this, that why don't you be a little practical and you are good at science, so you should study engineering and afterwards you can always become an artist <laughs> if you really want to, yeah. but you will have this safety net, so to speak. I think that's what you're talking about. Too. If someone said like, I'm a lawyer, no one goes like, wow, you're a lawyer. But you say I'm a writer or I'm an artist, people goes like, wow, that is, you know, and, and that's how I, I got into architectural school. In the beginning, I didn't know anything. I didn't have any influence. I didn't have anybody around me um, that was an architect in my family or any people to look up for, you know. But uh, then when I started, I really started liking it. I mean, I, I really loved architecture, especially design, the design part. I mean, I don't really enjoy the technical part, uh, like structures and all this, this thing. I have that feeling and I know how it works. But I just don't enjoy like calculating structures or doing things like I love the white paper. I love the blank paper. I mean, like like starting a project, like all these uh, first meetings with the client, uh, dreaming about what, what you're going to do. I love that part. Then the other part, I can just give it to someone else, you know. <laughs> and uh, at the end of the of my five years. Uh, architecture school i came to europe actually i came for the last year to dublin i was to i was going to go to the dit in dublin and that was the 90s late 90s actually i'm not that old <laughs> and <laughs> uh, and colombia was something else in that time i don't know if you remember that or you know about that but we have this big stigma about mafia and drugs and you know everything mm-hmm. and there was there was not uh, an Irish embassy in Colombia, so I came to Europe. I went to the to the UK and I went to Dublin. And when I was there, I found out that I needed a student visa to uh, go to college there. And that was pretty pretty strange thing because uh, the dean from my college, I mean, it was an official thing, but the dean was 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 a new dean and he didn't know about the all these connections. So they sent me to Dublin. And when I arrived there, I found out that I couldn't go to school there. So that was, you know, that was a shame. I mean, that was pretty stressful time for me because I was 20 years old and I didn't know anything about traveling or whatever. 
I knew I was going to go there and my parents were going to pay for everything. And that's, that was all I knew, you know. So I found out that I had to leave the country. And so I talked to my parents about that. And they say, we already have the budget for you to be there for six months. Why don't you go and travel, you know? So I started traveling all that semester. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> that was pretty nice. And long story short, that's where I met my wife traveling around. She was doing an exchange program to, with her university in, in Barcelona. She was living in Florence. And I had a friend of mine living in Florence. So I went there because I needed, I needed a place to stay for, you know, not, not, not being on a hotel, all the, on a hostel all the time. I went to Florence to live with him. And finally, I got this flat, just a room in a flat. And this uh, Spanish girl got another room in that flat and we met. And that's how I, finally I, I, I live here, you know, because we start going out and, you know. Um, then I went back to Colombia after four months of traveling. I finished uh, architectural school. I came back to Barcelona because that's where she lived. And that was the city that I thought it was awesome uh, for me to live and to study uh, after college. You know, So I came to Barcelona and I did all my working experience for 15 years here in Barcelona being an architect. Actually, what we did a lot was like we worked with other architects. We did a lot of contests, a lot of contests. Uh, we won a couple of them, and we built buildings in, in Italy, especially in Italy. We work in Italy a lot, and I work in Italy a lot. And what we did here in Barcelona, because I have this this kind of problem, because I'm not an architect in Barcelona. Every time I have to work here, I have to go with a partner, with a local partner, or I have to go in a contest as a Colombian architect. And if I win that contest, I have to find a partner in the in, in the place that, that we're gonna. It's like an international uh, architecture, but I have to say that I'm from Colombia all the time, and I worked like that for 15 years before we went back to Colombia again for a project. Because the things that I can go that, that I can do in Colombia as an architect are not the same things that I can do here. So I knew I could do like bigger things there so we went in we went to colombia in 2012 we went back and i started this uh construction company and we started uh making you know buildings and that's what i have in colombia right now after eight years we came back to barcelona but i still have the company there and it's it's not exactly um architecture is construction and i think that was one of the reasons why i started uh drawing again because i started going like away from designing and i need this uh like i need to create something you know and i don't know how to explain it uh, very well because I, I, I have all these mixed feelings inside because i love being an architect, and I don't like that much being a constructor. Uh, building is awesome because you see what you design it. You, you, you can see it uh, 
or, or made and you can uh, feel it. But the process of construction is not what I really like. So I was getting kind of tired of that being, because at the end you are a manager. I mean, I, I'm a manager of my company and I wasn't designing that much because you take like two years or three years construction in the building and then you start designing again. So you design a building every three or four years. So I didn't like that. So I, I needed this uh, connection again with creation being, um, I mean, I don't want to sound like I don't like what I do, but I need it and I need a little bit, a little bit more of a creativity, creativity in my life, you know? What you just said, David, it resonated with me on many levels because when I, when I started studying in university, I became a mechanical engineer. And I really liked mechanical engineering because I really liked being able to visualize how things work and how different parts fit together. And there was this aspect of mechanical design that I found very fascinating. But at the same time, the numerical details and the calculations and the stresses and just the, the sheer numbers that I had to work with, those were not the exciting parts of that, of that subject for me. So while there was this level in which I... I really appreciated understanding how things worked and how they looked and how they could be put together and all of these details. There was also the the technical level at which I did not enjoy it. And for a few years, I carried on this way. I participated in a number of projects and I did a number of things that were very technical, but I I was in it because I enjoyed the design aspect of it or I enjoyed this this idea of what it was at, what it was achieving. And at the same time, this is something that I was just, I was good at. So for a long time, for several years, you know, just this joy of achievement, of being good at something, being able to do something, that is also a motivator and it carries you forward and it keeps you doing things. So I, I kept on with that. And it was not until I was in the middle of my PhD program and I, re I reached this point where I really needed to dive into very, very difficult math and a very uh, visionary level of uh, application of that math that I realized that I have reached the end of my <laughs> limits, that I cannot, <laughs> that the thing that I want from it, I'm not getting. At the same time, you mentioned uh, that you were, you picked up a sketchbook when you felt that this creative part of you is not being fulfilled. And so I've, uh, I had always been writing on the side, even when I was studying and I was in my master's degree. But the more that the work pressure built on me, the less time I found to write and to draw things. And in my case, I reached this point where I simply needed to do that. And I, I reached a realization that this is something that is so important to me once it was taken away from me. And then I, I took this decision of, in, in, in my case, I took this decision to walk away from all of those other things. Uh, now, you mentioned this beautiful, uh, there's this beautiful sentence on your website that I want to read out. And you talk about it with respect to why you picked up the sketchbook and why you started to draw things around you. You said that I wanted to understand the proportions and materiality of the buildings that I found interesting. Now, I've spoken with a few architects before on my podcast, and I have, of course, interacted with many more in person and uh, in the urban sketches community. And I really appreciate how the knowledge of architecture adds so many more layers of appreciation to when they see a building or when they see a street intersection as compared to me as a layman 
trying to see, you know, only on the surface level, what I find beautiful. So this sentence that you used is very interesting to me. I want to uh, take you to this time that you picked up a sketchbook. And can you tell me what it means to try to understand the proportions yeah, of definitely. a building through drawing yeah. when you already have this level of understanding of it as an architect, perhaps? Yeah. When, when I was in, in, in architectural school, we used to, you know, read books about uh, buildings and, and plans and, you know, we didn't have any internet, so we, we just, you know, read books. But there was this teacher that said, why don't you go out and sketch the buildings so you can understand how they are. And I remember the first building that, that, that I sketched, and I, I, I already have that sketch with me. And it was this church. And it was horrible. I mean, at the end, it didn't... I, it's, it's a horrible perspective. It's just, you know, I didn't have any practice doing buildings because I already uh, draw when I was little, but I never uh, sketch a building, you know. But for the first time, and I understood the parts of that building because you are in front of that object and the only thing that you're doing is you're trying to catch what you see on your paper. And even if, even if you if you don't do an I mean nice drawing, like you know, you understand even more. If you mistake, when you mistake, you understand better. Because you look at your paper and you, and you can see it doesn't look anything like the reality, and you start understanding why. So you start looking again, why it doesn't look like the building in front of me? So you understand for the second time. And I found that amazing so when you take a picture of a building it takes you maybe one minute i mean like long time a minute but if you do on a sketch if you draw that building for i mean even if you're fast you'll be there for 15 minutes at least 30 minutes an hour or maybe two hours if you want to do like you know a double page or whatever maybe uh, a moleskin uh, a sketch of a building maybe take you two hours two hours in front in front of anything just looking at it and trying to see the proportions it teaches you it teaches you a lot of that uh, element so you can understand uh how many windows they are and how they align one to the other and you and if you if you understand a little bit more about architecture you can start thinking how it works inside and why the architect did that. And you start understanding a lot of uh, how it communicates or how it relates with the buildings uh, aside. And, you know, you start understanding everything about, about everything from the outside uh, about that building. And I found that fascinating. So I started doing it a lot while I was in college. So I started like drawing a lot of buildings that I, that I was interested in. And when I start, I went, when I went traveling, as I told you before, that's what I did most of the time because I was by myself uh, going around Europe, like finding these buildings that I already studied when I was in, in, in school. So I took the time to just sit in front of them and, you know, sketching them. And that's what I mean by understanding materiality and proportions of the buildings I was interested in. 
yeah yeah uh, uh, like i have two things i wanted to ask you about about this but first i want to just pick out a very specific architectural thing you said because this is something i want to understand very much you said you start to understand how a building relates to other buildings around it now as an architect of course you've been part of designing several buildings and i know that this is you know this is part of the the real world constraints is one way of looking at it but the real world considerations that an architect has to employ that your building is not independent of its surroundings what kind of land it is on what kind of which part of the city it is uh, what are the other buildings around it where the sun rises where the mountains are all of these things are interesting factors that play into the design so can you tell me a little bit about this like how do you how do you account for these different things how does it affect a building or say a building that you want to design how is it affected by the buildings around it how are you affected by the buildings around that building well i try to think that the most important thing about uh the building is the city i mean that's the bigger part so what it is is i mean for me i mean i'm talking about me what the building does is not even important itself but it's what it does in the city is the public space and that's when 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 i have to be very careful about uh how it, it relates to the next building or to the 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 street but then up to the second floor i mean it doesn't even matter for the public space you know then about sun and and how and how it just uh uh how you i don't know the name in, in english but it's just the plan how, how, you, how you, it depends of if it's going to be for living it's going to be an office you have to look the sun in 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 a way uh if if you're if if it does it it is a room or if it's a dining room i mean that thing for me always um start from the inside to the outside how you live in, inside and how and then the last thing is the outside i mean i don't i don't i don't care much actually that's you as a designer you put whatever you have inside whatever you all your knowledge to make that look for you great but everything for me comes from the inside to the outside and then the last thing is how it looks but everything has to be how you're going to use it how you're going to live in and then how it express itself to the outside you know and that's like two parts the first two floors which relate to the city and then the upper part which is related from the inside to the outside and that's how how i see it how i see that you know that's 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 really fascinating the first part of what we were just talking about drawing from life and you mentioned that you were drawing this church and then you drew it and then you uh, noticed that what it looks like to you sitting there is not what you ended up drawing and this is such a crucial part of drawing from life there is this difference between what we are seeing in front of us and what we sort of have in our head one part is what we have in our head of what we see and secondly how we think it should be drawn and there are these ideas we carry about that thing this is this is huge i mean there is like 
different parts. One thing is that what we have in our head, and our head is really, actually our mind doesn't want to complicate life. I mean, our mind tries to do everything like easy. So if you, if you, if you are uh, sketching an apple, your head already know how an apple looks like. And your mind will start telling your, 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 your hand how to draw an apple. And it doesn't matter what you're looking at, that you're doing this thing and this little uh, thing as an apple, you know. But yeah, this thing. Um, but then you look at the apple and it doesn't look like that. And you get frustrated. So what I, what I, what I always uh, tell people who's, who is starting and ask me how, how can I achieve these things, Start, start simple. I always advise to start simple. I mean, do a glass. Uh, do something that is really simple and just look at it. Don't think it's a glass. Just think it's a line and then a curve and then another line and then another curve and try to see the relationship between those parts. But forget it's a, it's a glass. And then you start... because. Sometimes when, when we start drawing or when we start anything, we just want to achieve like big things. And first thing that is going to make you quit is frustration. So I try to keep myself away from frustration all the time, or at least knowing that if I don't get to the point that I want to get to be or to, to arrive with, with that sketching, the next day I'm going to do a very simple thing just to feel awesome and then we try again the next day but if you go like uh from from frustration to frustration the most common thing that you stop doing it and you just quit you know what i'm saying so that was the 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 first thing about uh doing these buildings i tried to think that i wasn't sketching uh to see a beautiful sketch I was trying to sketch to understand. So it didn't matter if it looks great or not. I just, my goal was to understand. And then when you practice and you start practicing, everything started looking better and better and better, you know? But in the beginning, I, I wasn't sketching to have a, a beautiful, nice sketch. Or I was sketching just to understand. And I used to put all these tags about uh, materials or notes or feelings about the city, feelings about the public space, the public, uh, how people uh, went from one point to, to another. And I did this, uh, these site plans uh, of, a, of, a, of a territory, of a, of a neighborhood, for example, and started uh, doing dots from the points that I was, I was going to sketch. And do, like, the goal was not to have a beautiful sketch. The goal was to have a sketchbook full of information. And I kept that thing for, 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 for a period of time. I, I stopped sketching as much as I did in, in college or traveling in Europe, but I, my, I always have a sketchbook with me. And I suppose many architects that do, or many people that have to write or take notes, they do that. And so from maybe 2000 to 2018, you can see all my sketchbooks and they are full of, not uh, like live sketch sketchers, but but 
architectural drawings or notes or or, or planning things, but those are still beautiful because uh, it is actually it's a diary, you know, even if it's full of notes or if it's full of uh, drawings, it's just the same idea of having your day by day on a not on a, on a sketchbook. Yeah, you you uh, brought up this really important point of the difference between making a beautiful sketch and sort of the having a, a great, wonderful, uh, mindful time while sketching. So when we were talking about the difference between, you know, what you see in front of you and then what you think you are supposed to put down on a page because it should look like a drawing. And there is this such a silly burden which takes so long to discard that a drawing has to look a certain way. It has to, if you're drawing a church, a church should look like this. That's one part. The second part is the drawing should look at so and so good. Like these are two different images that we have taken from our world. Firstly, what a church looks like and how good a drawing of a church should look in order for it to be a good drawing and therefore in order for it to be worth my time having done this. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, I know a lot of artists that I admire so much that what they sketch, what they draw, doesn't look anything from what they're looking in reality. I mean, but it is, it is still beautiful in so many other levels. For me, one of, of the important ones is to uh, get the information of your life, of, of, of what, what is going on. I mean, when I take my old sketchbooks from my travelings and I go uh, page by page, I can remember everything, everything from, from that day. I mean, I can remember what I was listening to, uh, what music I was listening to, what I was thinking sometimes, um, where I was. When you're traveling, you remember perfectly that day and what the next day, the next day was because you just flip the page and you know what city was the first, what city was the other one. If you don't, don't do that at the end, because I mean, I've been traveling without uh, without a sketching too, just by pictures. I don't get the same. I'm, I don't get the same information, and I don't get the same feeling. Sometimes I think, where I was that? I mean, I remember this picture. I remember taking this picture, but I never said I don't remember uh, sketching this. I mean, I always remember what, where I was. You know, I don't know if it happens the same uh, with you, but did it, this, that is something I like to call this thing my little time machines. Because they're just like a time machine. You just take this uh, from 20 years ago. I take this the sketchbook and I remember, you know, everything about meeting this girl at 21, and now she's my wife. And I can I can read how 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 I used to look at her. Because um, I write things on the on, on the side of, of of the of the of the the page, and I have actually have this one. Which is a really beautiful one. It's made it's made in pencil and it's it's almost gone because twenty years after, just you know, it doesn't. You can even look at it. But it was my first date with her. It was the first time we went to a picnic, and after we, I just started. Um, it was just like um, like a Roman um, Asian stuff, and and we were there doing doing a picnic in, up in Florence, and I remember everything about what I was thinking. Actually, we, we, 
I think it was before our, our first kiss. I mean, it was our first time, first time together by ourselves. And I was thinking, uh, does she likes me or, you know, and I just look at this, this, uh, double page and I remember everything about that. And it's, it's, it's so beautiful. And that's my goal. I mean, of course, I love to have, uh, have beautiful sketches. I mean, I love, I mean, it just, it's like when you were little and you drew whatever and, and you show it to your mom and she goes like, oh, this is so beautiful. That feeling of someone saying that some, something that you did is, is, is beautiful. That is the same feeling. I mean, I suppose every, everybody has uh, that one, but that is not my main goal. Of course, I love people saying on social media, uh, beautiful little thing and they do the like things and, you know, we all love that. But my main goal is that in 20 years, I'm going to look at all these sketches. I, I, I sketch a lot of my family. I mean, I sketch them and, and I put my kids' uh, age by the side of the, every sketch that I do of them. And I think in 20 years, this is going to be awesome when their kids watch their portraits or their grandfather's portrait did uh, of their father, I think this, this is going to be awesome, you know. And that's something that I that I that I like to think when I when I when I sketch. Yeah, the the word time machine is just so perfect because uh, now I've been keeping a sketchbook for only five years at this point, but. You are so correct. Whenever I open any sketchbook of mine, even from 2017, when my sketches were not so good, I don't, I don't think they are very good. Uh, but I open it and it's as if uh, all of this information is locked inside that page. And so we were just talking about how when we draw with lines, we reduce so much of the world. Like we often don't include colors. We don't have so much. So as an engineer, I think in terms of information, there is a lot of information that we filter out. It's not on the page, but it was there. But in being present at that moment, we are ab still absorbing all of that information. So I look through my sketchbook and I can remember the music that was playing in the background. I can remember if I was listening to a podcast or if there was some ambient music around me, if somebody was talking, I can remember if I was uncomfortable or cold, or if I was sitting on a rock or something like all of those memories are trapped inside the pages and they just come out as soon as I, so a sketchbook is this magical time machine exactly in which not only have you recorded the things that you have chosen to record, but you have also sealed all of these things that you did, that you cannot record. You can't record sounds with your pen. You cannot record how you felt in that moment, how, you know, the temperature or the heat or the discomfort, but it is all there because in the process of putting down those lines, we were still open to all of all of these different senses. And I think that is such a, bu a beautiful and magical gift that sketching gives us. And it, like you said so rightly, that it has very little to do with how good that sketch is. If you don't have that experience, if you don't have that much experience, you can feel the, that time machine. You can still have your own time machine. I mean, I mean, there is no doubt about it. There is no doubt about it. Yeah, and there is there is something uh, that happens to me because there was a time uh, also when I was 22, 23, uh, that I paint a lot. And I didn't do it on, my, on a sketchbook. I just did it on paper. And I have those papers, I still have those those paintings. 
I, it, it doesn't work uh, the same as the sketchbook, as the sketchbook, because the sketchbook is just a sequence. Because if you if you don't remember this one, you will remember the next one, and then you bring you bring back the the other one, and it's just it's it's a thing. I mean, the sketchbook it's I cannot uh, read the pages off because it's it's like a diary. If you if you write your diary in just like pages, like you know, um, and once in a while, it doesn't work as a diary. It's it's just it has to be the 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 sketchbook. So you're right. Like the sketchbook as a single piece. Like I had somebody reach me on Instagram asking if I could sell them one page from my sketchbook, and I said no. I there is no chance that I will ever damage any page. No, <laughs> no, I can't. No, no, no. There's no reason why I can't rip my a uh, page of my sketchbook. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, actually, actually, you can you can find ways to 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 just I scan them and sometimes I do prints or if I'm gonna do print or on a specific thing I'll do things out of my out of my sketchbook. I mean, because I'm thinking about just a piece. This is a piece. This 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 thing it, it means I have some of them. Each one of them means something to me, which is something that it is also important to me, but. Now, after four years of drawing, uh, sometimes I feel trapped in it, and it's gonna have this this conflict. Uh, but I like to sketch things that means something to me, and sometimes I feel silly uh, sketching something that I don't know. But sometimes I I want to, but I feel that I'm breaking something of my principles. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's, it's kind of strange. But um, when I when I when I when I sketch out of my, my, my sketchbook, I try to do like things. Uh, for example, uh, a fish, a sardine, the man. Uh, when I when I look at it that I have it here in my, in, my, in my wall, I remember the summer of 2020. I mean, that sardine means uh, summer of 2020, and it means a lot of things that happened that year after pandemic and blah blah blah. And I try to do that thing, you know. And I feel silly sometimes, like. If someone said, why don't you sketch uh, whatever? And it has to be a commission. It has to mean something for someone else, and I do that. Or it has to be another project, uh, this challenge, for example, on, on pandemic that, that was pretty fun to do when when we all, we were all locked up and, and people got all this challenge, uh, like draw this in your style. That was something else. I was like practice. I was like, okay, let's do this. And I had this thing that I want to render in my mind. And it was another purpose. And I started doing like a sketchbook out of my regular sketchbook to do all these kind of things. And then I got a sketchbook for watercolors. And I got and when I break all this sketchbook apart, the time machine kind of dissolved a little bit. So I'm trying to uh, compact them again and try to get uh, a sketchbook every month and a half, for example. So I just like compress a month in one book and that works perfect. If I start like doing things in different sketchbook, it's just kind of uh, lose that feeling of the time machine that I was talking about before. 
Yeah, it's not it's not a journey in that same way that every every page of a sketchbook when I flip through it it I know that I am moving forward from something and uh, you can lose that if you work in separate sheets of paper. Now I I get a lot of commissions to do so I often draw in separate art paper and commissions often especially right now when you're getting commissions from different parts of the world you're working out of photographs and uh i don't say this to my clients because i'm so grateful for getting work of course but every time i draw from a photograph it feels that i am not giving it the same the same uh the, the 120% that i'm able to give to something when i look at it and i draw it and it's it's my i feel like i almost have to uh copy or i have to be like you know like you have people who do forgeries of famous artists and people who do forgeries of monet and picasso and things i feel like i'm doing a forgery of my style when i work <laughs> for photograph well i'm trying to bring that feeling into it actually in the um, when i decided to sketch every day i'm not a full time uh, artist i mean i have my company and i have meetings and i have a lot of things to do there and i didn't have 2 hours every day like like the whole 2 hours to be in front of uh so i decided many times to do a mix for example starting in in place taking a picture taking to the, to 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 my office doing it again and then finish it in the place or going there taking a picture take whatever whatever it has to do just to achieve my goal of having one sketch per day but definitely definitely i have to sketch from my picture i mean if you sketch from someone's else picture is a different thing it's a different and and i know exactly what you say because when i do the from picture i do whatever the picture and then when i go back to the place i found out things that i thought they were in one way and when you are in place they're totally different you didn't i, I didn't understand this tree was uh, fodder or you know it's it's a different feeling when you are in the place than when you are sketching from from a, from a picture but sometimes and this is something i mean i'm going to go from to another way to another place understanding light which is something that i really like to do or try to capture you have to understand that your eyes adapt where you are looking at and i'm going to explain myself if you if you look at the darker uh spot that you're drawing your eyes can see everything inside and then you, you look up to the lighter uh, part of the drawing and your eyes adapt and you can see like almost everything when you take a picture it just gets one kind of light just like everything boom and that gives you the i mean the true light, the, the true light i mean all the contrast from the darker to the lighter and and in the process to understand that i took a lot of pictures i mean i sit in the place and sometimes i look at my my, my drawing and say this is not what i want this is this is i mean there is something wrong that i can't understand sometimes it's very complicated so i take a picture and i look at it and it goes okay okay that is why and it's and normally it's because i haven't gone darker 
on the places that you have to go darker. It's just because I try to 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 catch the light, I catch the the, the, the light of, of the place. But I suppose we are allowed, and that is something that I that I that I always fight a lot for and talk to people. Don't be afraid of using technology. I mean, people have been using technology for all the time since since the beginning. People uh I remember this time when I, I, I was I was with this guy. I, I didn't know him. And he said, the first time I saw you in a live, because I do this uh, Instagram lives, I saw you using a pencil and I thought you were a fake. I mean, I thought you were. I say, why? <laughs> because you're supposed to go with the pen just like, I say, why? And he didn't know what to say. I mean, why do you have to go? By pen, if you feel comfortable doing, in my case, like basic lines, but I have to say in the beginning, it had to be like more accurate lines because I wanted to know where everything was and I had to be sure that, that, that at the end it looked right to me. Uh, and now it's just basic lines for me to just like frame what I'm looking. You know, I put like all the, the, the dots where I want the things and then I go with ink. If I do a portrait, there is no way that, that I mean, I have to be sure because, you know, I mean, I, I, I feel that, that, that I, I, I hustle I, I, and, and, and it's just so hard to me doing some, I mean, especially uh, portraits or cars. And I have to do a lot of pencil there. And I ask, what's the problem with it? I mean, I don't think it's a problem. I, I, I think people think, drawing or or an artist sort of incredible thing incredible gift that you're born with it and it's not it's the process of practice and practice and practice and practice and if you are not confident enough to take the pen and start doing it and you get frustrated at the end of the session why don't you take a pen a pencil and erase a little bit i have this discussion with this friend of mine that she she goes like you cannot use an eraser. Never. And I go, but why? Isn't the goal to just have a good time, a great time? I mean, there is a lot of things in the day that, that, that are so stressful. This has, I mean, it can be stressful uh, to be a sketching. So do whatever you want, do, do whatever you can to get or to achieve what you think that you want to achieve. You know what I'm saying? I think I think just what you said right now is the real is the real like the beautiful part of this that we should be very mindful of what we want to achieve and the way to achieve that can come from different paths so uh, firstly I am that artist who does not uh, use a pencil <laughs> and I when I do a workshop for example I tell people that today we are going to not use a pencil and if you use a pencil you will not use an eraser so uh, I make them write at the top of their page. Today, I'm going to make a lot of bad drawings. And then we start the workshop. But at the same time, I tell them that you're not doing this. And I also draw very fast. So I draw 15, 20 minute sketches. But I make sure that I emphasize this point that you are not doing this because this is the right thing to do. And you should somehow learn to do this because this is the only way to do it properly, so to say. 
you uh, the reason why i ask people to draw only with a pen is because it is a useful exercise and maybe you go back to doing uh, maybe uh, your medium of choice is a pencil and then there are all these grades and textures that you bring in and using an eraser is absolutely essential in some cases yeah definitely so you go to your medium of choice but doing certain things a certain way is about picking up certain skills and sometimes it's a technical skill sometimes it helps you build confidence or sometimes it helps you defeat your hesit so my problem when i was always learning to draw and it, you know i was i grew up uh, drawing a lot with pencils and i got reasonably good at it but i had this problem of being a perfectionist so i would keep erasing i would keep erasing it doesn't look perfect and i finished drawing so when i started to teach myself to draw i i just made this promise that okay i need to finish drawings and i need to turn the page how am i going to do that i need to not be able to erase so i just started to do that with a pen and gradually over time that became this style of mine and i started enjoying it and i'm also a very impatient person so you will never see me spending 2 hours at a location because <laughs> i i get irritated <laughs> so i like this thing that this allows me it sort of fits into my natural inclinations and idiosyncrasies just my personality it suits my personality but this is the key to it right what you use should suit your personality and this person that was telling you that if you're using a pencil you're sort of cheating it means you know there is this attitude to it that if it is not difficult then it is not worth it or you didn't work hard enough on it which is a very silly unnecessary thing to put on ourselves because we were just talking about technology i want to put to you this uh, a thought that came to me when i was speaking to a friend of mine on their podcast uh, we were talking he he gave me this question and i want to pose it to you also what often happens is that suppose you are trying to become a painter your goal in life is to be a fine art painter so your idols are these people in the 1600s and 1700s and 1800s who did all these paintings so sometimes what happens is that in trying to uh, trying to be a painter today we try to imitate a painter 400 years ago and try to do the things that they did and only the things that they did are real painting if you paint today from using your technology today then you are quote unquote cheating so his question to me was that if da vinci or rembrandt were alive today would they be doing the same things as they did in the 1800s and the 1600s how would you answer this question not at all i mean i would say not at all i i know for example there's this uh what well, uh, the the translation will be like like a black box which is uh, the camera oscura which is the principle of of a of camera and canaletto which is uh, a painter from 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 the veneto from from venice uh from the 1600 i believe he used that thing he used it to capture to make a grid and to copy what he was looking for he was looking at i'm not sure if he wasn't able to do it by itself or he used it because he, he could go faster with that but now it doesn't matter you go and look at uh canaletto's painting and you go oh my god this is amazing you're not thinking if he cheated or not and what gives them what gives them the the this credit maybe it's time because i don't know it just you don't even uh think about it you know 
now that we all have all this this documentation, we, we, we document everything. Everybody knows how I do it. Everybody can know how you do it. Even though people want to know how you do it, because they ask you for it, let, let me see your time lapse. Let me, let me and, and you and people love to to, to see all that. Uh, there's a lot of information, more information than, than we have from the people be, uh, before in time. You know? And now we we have that thing to say how how I think you should do it. I mean, I don't think that is that is the the meaning of art. I think it's if I do, if I sketch something that can relate to you, that make you feel anything, if I sketch, I'm gonna put this this example. I, I when I when I go to Colombia and actually I I, I always try to sketch things around me. Uh, and in Colombia, I, I was sketching all these these fruits when when I was there two months ago. And there's a lot of people who relate to that. There's a lot of people saying, I, I know that one in my country is 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 called this way. I mean, that is the meaning. That is that is what I'm trying to look for. It doesn't uh, it doesn't matter if I I don't know copy copy it from from a magazine or whatever. I mean, it's just it's just what I try to put there to people to feel. I think that is one thing. Uh, that, that that matters and the other thing is how i feel how i feel uh doing that if i think that i'm cheating it's not a point i mean if i feel bad about it it's there's no point of doing it you know if i think that my goal is to have a beautiful stamp a beautiful thing frame for my grandma i will do everything to do it i will copy it I will actually, I will take a picture of it and put it in a frame and give it to my grandma because I want a beautiful thing, a thing that looks very real. I just think there's so many reasons why you do art, why you do what you do, that none of them should matter. I mean, to others, just the way they feel about it. And I think if Da Vinci was alive, he would be using an iPad. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I yeah like as a person who loved technology so much he was an inventor himself so my answer to this friend of mine was that da vinci would definitely have a tiktok channel if he was alive and he was a young person today <laughs> yeah so for sure all the technologies he would be doing vr ar all these he would be a coder perhaps he would be an inventor and he would have a youtube channel in which he would talk for hours and explain his ideas to people um, this there's this thing that we keep forgetting that everybody operates in the best way they can in the time that they are alive. Yeah, I think I think the motivation most of the time is to create something, to create, and it doesn't matter how you do it. Our goal is to create, and maybe, which is my case, to feel about to feel good about that, to feel good about that creation. I suppose there are artists who uh, like to suffer uh, with what they are doing. But in my case, at the end of the session, I like to go like, this is nice. I had a, had a great time. I, you know, I had a lot of problems with work or whatever. And this is my mindfulness hour, my mindfulness two hours or whatever. I need to stop. It's like going to the gym. You go to the gym and if you are not working out just to build 
beautiful, like really hard, I don't know how you call it, bodybuilding, whatever. You shouldn't suffer. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't go to the gym to suffer. I would just go there to uh, get my endorphin, uh, endorphins out and, and, and to come out like feeling like new. That is something about uh, painting or, or sketching that is related to that, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think we are so lucky to be alive in this time when we can explore our creativity in so many different mediums. We can choose to draw with pencils, we can choose to draw with pens and colors, we can use canvases, sketchbooks and crafts, and we can be video makers and uh, all kinds of content, like the possibilities are endless. And when I think about artists of before, like, just simply trying to find a particular color of paint used to be so difficult. <laughs> People would travel across countries to find a specific shade of blue or a kind of yellow that they can't get in their country. Like there's no there's no art supply store in which you can go and you can buy a palette yeah. of 64 colors ready for you to use and perfectly made by a company. But now with this freedom we have today, maybe it is therefore almost obligatory that we think about how we want to express ourselves because we can choose to express ourselves in any way we want. And there is no restriction upon us. Yes, definitely. But as I said before, like every, every one is like a different world. For example, my goal is to go light, to not, not to have many. I mean, I love watercolor. I love color. I mean, it's just that I don't practice that much uh, color, and sometimes I, I hesitate a lot when when I do it, and I'm, I, I'm not fast, but, but I really like it. But I sketch in black and white and pen because that is the minimum amount of things that you have to have to go out. And I think if you don't find the, because I know a lot of people that don't live near. Uh, or they don't get Amazon to their house, or they don't have, they don't find like very complicated stuff or very good things uh, in, in their town. I mean, with a pencil or a pen or a ball pen, which is like we all have ball pens and a sketchbook, you can create. You know, then of course we are so lucky to live in a big city and we have endless uh, possibilities to get. Sometimes I just get into because I love this. Uh, like supplies stores, so just like I go crazy, and I start thinking, okay, what I need, what I, what do I need, what do I, and at the end I say, I don't need anything. This is a shame. I don't need anything. I just, you know, sometimes I feel like I have I have to buy something because everything is so beautiful. But I try to get it. I, I try to uh, keep it simple. And in my case, you know, and I have these uh, little watercolors that I have. My dad gave it to me like twenty years ago, and I still have them. And maybe the, the, the color pencil, that's something that, 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 that goes away. But, you know, I, I, I don't need much. And if you get an iPad, for example, if you go digital, now you don't need anything else. I mean, just like, you know, I got it because I wanted to do color and like in short periods of time. Because, for example, if I started a, a sketch, and I have a meeting and I start with watercolor, I will have I will have to stop. And I didn't want to do that. So I got the iPad so you can go just like really fast and stop really fast and, and start again. 
And that's how I got in touch with the iPad, which I really love. I have to say that I, I don't use it that much now, uh, but it was a great thing to because it really feel like you're doing it. You know, like the the, the feeling when you when you write, it's, it's, it's kind of I kind of like it. You know. Yeah, yeah. I I use the iPad for similar reasons. For me, it was about well, I have never been comfortable with color composition, so. Uh, I grew a very good with pure drawing. And then I would have this fear that if I try to color now, I will ruin this drawing. So I don't <laughs> want to do it. So I became very conservative. I was not taking chances. So for me, the iPad was a way to take chances without that cost of ruining a drawing. So I yeah. could draw quickly. And then now I can play with colors and I can change styles and I can just undo it immediately and do something else. And so for me, it was a way to very quickly and easily and not hesitate to try new things and to see if colors work for me. And the conclusion I reached was, in my case, at least, I also drew a lot of comics for many years with the iPad. So for seven years, I was a cartoonist drawing comics with the iPad. But wow, I reached this point cool. where I realized that the iPad doesn't give me the same kick that I get out of, like, I found, and I don't know if this is true for you. Actually, this is a nice question to ask. I, it's definitely true for me that uh, when I draw with the iPad and it's so realistic, like the Apple Pencil is a beautiful, beautiful device. It's the best uh, stylus that I've ever used. But I draw differently with the iPad than with ink. I cannot draw the exact same way. And I feel like maybe this is just me, but tell me how it's been for you. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's two things that are really different. And, and, and that's a thing. The big thing is the undo. So you are not, I mean, you don't hesitate. I mean, I don't hesitate. You just go. And if you if you hesitate, you do a layer, a new layer. And so you're not afraid of anything. The next thing, and that's why I think it is not exactly the same as the sketchbook, is that you can zoom in or zoom out. And when you zoom in and you are drawing in different in different scales, when you have a paper, you are drawing just in one scale and you cannot change that scale. For example, if you change your your the thickness, the thickness of your your pen, you can tell because you're changing your, your scale. You can use it as a technique, you can change it. But if you if you're trying to make a hatch and you change it, you can tell you're you're doing it differently. It happens with with, with the iPad. If you go like zoom in and then you do the hatch. That hatch looks like amazing when you zoom out because it looks just so tiny, you know. And that's the difference. It, it looks different when you do it on, on an iPad than when you do it. On, in my case, it looks more organized, maybe more um, accurate. The lines are more accurate because I zoom in a lot and try to get the details, you know. But again, it's the same approach. I mean, for me, I mean, lines are just lines, just trying to get uh, different different uh, values with lines. Having these layers, uh, zooming in, being able to undo with two finger tap and things like that. Now, these are great advantages. But in my case, I also reached this point where I started to see them as disadvantages. Uh, there's this thing that I talk about on this show sometimes. I talk about how we think about, you know, when you want to express yourself, you want to be free from all constraints. You don't want any chains or anything restricting you. But I make the counter argument sometimes that constraints actually set you free. 
not being able to do certain things actually frees you up to go deeper with the things that you can do and sometimes that is what you need in order to really to do something unique to do something that is very authentic and fresh and really uniquely yours so my argument is that constraints and uh, restrictions help you to develop style and if you can do everything sometimes this is so this is a point i reached with the ipad i started it helped me to draw a lot and it helped me to learn a lot but i reached a point where so uh, everything felt the same so if i'm drawing an ink line or if i'm using the paint brush effectively i'm using the same stylus on the same glass screen i don't get that feedback of the texture and the feedback of how the brush whether it's full of water how it feels on the page and how it feels to run over the page with an ink pen and i realized that i needed to go to the real thing in order to understand how to really draw this line properly and not to do the same thing every time with the stylus on the tablet uh, yeah, how how did right. you to switch between these devices i think you're completely right but what i said is um it has to do a lot with with what you're looking for it's your 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 goal i mean if your goal is to to understand how it feels to get the brush and wet brush a brush and put on a 300 uh, grams paper and how how is that feeling of course and i but won't give you that sensation won't give you that feeling but if your goal is for example do what, again something beautiful that you like or to spend uh 30 minutes just running away from your problems don't wait to get the brush and the paper and you know just go and create something on the ipad you know you know what i'm saying so it's it's up to every each one of us is just a, a different world and and it's just up to you what to expect of your creation of what to expect of what you want to do is just you know cuz what i and, and and i say this for my kids i mean what you have to do is just sit there and do i mean don't think that much just do and do with what you have uh beside you if you have the brush and the paper just go ahead and do if you have a hammer and uh just go with the hammer you know just do don't think that much but when we start doing things and you start liking things and you start you and you know what you like or what you're looking for then you start deciding now i didn't like that the ipad that much it helped me to understand light or or how to compose whatever and i use it to do the the planification of the of the painting i'm going to do but at the end i like the feeling of what you were saying the paper and the water and how it just splash in um in a different way as the night but of course um the important thing is not to think that much and just do and do and do you know what i'm saying absolutely so true i i love that you said that every person is a different world and that is exactly how i feel about this that having so many options today allows us the opportunity to explore ourselves so if every person is a different world 
it is also every person's job to understand their world and to understand what motivates them what brings them this you know this one hour two hour or 30 minutes of pure joy that they can get what is it that does it for them and having access to all these devices and all these different media it allows us to explore and find where our joy comes from now when i handle a paintbrush i am racked with nervousness because i'm thinking oh this is going to be the wrong color but there are people who work with paints and it brings them only joy and when they would use an ink pen maybe they find this anxiety of trying to draw the right line and that anxiety i feel empowered by something that they feel imprisoned by and it's lovely to see how different artists find the medium that brings them this joy and explore the world that they see firstly but also the world that they themselves are to try to understand what about it motivates them and what brings them joy in however they choose to practice it's it's just lovely that we can do this today yeah definitely there's something that i that i that i always try to say i mean this is not about art because and the word artist uh it kind of fits me big i mean just like huge thing it is about how we, how we feel it's about how i feel doing it or doing the creation and i'm a, always been a handyman i like to do things in my house like you know like whatever actually i do a lot and sometimes it's the same thing it's just like the power of doing the power of creating something and it doesn't have to be and and sometimes i just uh, try to avoid the rules avoid what 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 it should be like you know because i think we are sometimes full of you know uh and trying to dictate what a, what a, what a, what a painting should be like or what a drawing should be like and if you haven't started all these things that you've heard that you that you read it just it's just i don't know how to, how to explain it but i will i will feel fear to start because there's so many rules that i don't know that I'm, I'm afraid of doing it wrong and and i don't think it's i don't think uh it is how it works and and, and i know that is why people think that people that draw or, or play music or whatever is something that you were born with and it is not it is just practice the only thing is did you like to do it i mean you like it that you feel good about it you know yeah yeah you you are so right i think often this is exactly it people feel that anybody in any kind of creative field was born to do it or is naturally gifted or talented and while there is a space for the word talent i feel that it is overused in this way it is used in the wrong place when there is joy that a person gets from it and the aspect of them being good at it is another different aspect altogether and them being good at it might be attributable to the word talent or the word gift in some respect to some proportion but getting joy from doing something is something that anybody can get so i often tell people that you know you wouldn't uh, wait to be educated in music before you started singing everybody likes to sing and people sing to themselves even if they sing badly they sing even if people dance badly they dance because they get they have fun doing it and it's the same with any kind of creative expression like drawing is the same thing it doesn't have to be about oh. being good at it, that you should do it i mean 
the, the thing that you are saying about singing is just exactly and even more uh, accurate with uh, drawing. I mean, every single kid kid draw and they love to draw. I mean, we all love to draw when we were kids. For some reason in life, some of the kids stop doing it and some of them just kept doing, you know, our whole life. And it happened to me. I mean, me and my brothers, we all, when we were little, we all uh, draw and paint because my dad used to do it and there were some, but they stopped doing it. Sometimes, at some point they started, they, they stopped and I just kept doing it. And I'm pretty sure it was because I found uh, more joy on it that, than they did. Maybe my youngest brother found that in sport and he he uh, does mon- a lot of mountain uh, bike. And I don't. It's just that, that I decided to, to express myself by drawing, you know? But we all started at the same point. Yeah. And uh, what's unique about this young age is that at the at that point, we knew or we didn't have any concept of good and bad. We were just having fun doing it. So we kept doing it. And this is what we forget when we grow older. Like as you grow older, you Im- imbibe these ideas of it has to be this good if you're going to do it. Otherwise, you don't deserve to do it. I don't know if it has to be with the classes that we take. You know, like like someone said, you should do it this, this way. You should you should do it that way. Or if you want a sketch, you have to do it that way. And you have I'm going to put an example and and you have to go outside and do it from life. And I go, wow, that is a big thing. I mean, not everybody can go outside and and, and sketch from the outside. Uh, not everybody uh, can do it from life. What did you do with the picture? What did you do with with the grid? What did you copy? How, 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 does, how, does, how does it make you feel if you copy? Because uh, when, when I started, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something else. I always uh, uh, sketch architecture from so many years. And I was so bad at human uh, bodies and proportions. I didn't understand. I, I didn't know anything about it. And I, I, I always try to avoid uh, sketching people. You know, like when, when an architecture photographer takes a picture and they, they try to uh, get like the empty, the empty street to the building. I was like that with, 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 with the sketching because I couldn't make, I could do like architectural people, you know, like very abstract people. And I was, that was about it. But when I started uh, sketching every day, Really quickly, I found out that I couldn't sketch like every day outside or every day building because there were there were not enough buildings that I was interested in. So I started looking at other stuff in my house to sketch, and I tried to apply the same principles that I did with the buildings, like try trying to understand how those things were made or what was the proportions of those things and how they worked. I don't know, maybe when you sketch your uh, barbecue, you start thinking how it opens and, and how, it, how, how it was built. And that was something that I've been interested in all my life. Like, like I say, I'm a handyman in the house. I try to, I always say, if someone puts that in together, I can put it up too. I mean, I can do it too. So when you, when you sketch and you're in front of uh, something, you start understanding how it works. So how it works, uh, the jacket, how it folds, how, 
how the reflection of the light is and all this stuff. So I start doing like different things in architecture. And then it came the turn from my uh, family. And I, all my life, I was avoiding people, you know. So I started, it was very frustrating in the beginning. And then I say, I mean, I cannot ask them to stay still for two hours. I mean, it's no point. There's no point. Because at the end, they won't look like it. And they won't do it the second time. Because, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I don't do it uh, very good. So I took pictures. And then I understood that you can use the grid and it gets easier. And by doing it and, and achieving uh, a nice result, you will do it again. And you start doing it again and do it again. And at the end, you don't even uh, find out when you don't need the grid. And then you get uh, you start doing things a little bit more complicated. And then you find out that you can do it. You know? And if in, if in the beginning, I was sure that the grid was cheating and you have to do it from life because that's how you see it that most of the artists do they, they see it and, and, and do it through. I mean there is no point I mean you have to go a little step after another one you know and then you get by uh, experience and practice you get to the point that you might want to be or you can uh, arrive you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely it's so so true like uh, uh, i have always had a lot of trouble drawing from my imagination but i have been always good at drawing from observation and for the longest time for many years i used to think this is not real drawing if you can't draw from imagination you are just copying and copying is less than art so I'm not good at th- this at all, even though I was good at it. I just used to think that drawing from observation is a wrong thing to do. Uh, I, I wanted to draw better comics. I used to draw, I, I just told you, I, I used to be a cartoonist and I would draw stick figure comics because I didn't know how to draw people at all. So just a circle and one line for the body, two lines for the hands and the leg. And that's it. Uh, but it was good. It was easy because it helped me to, you know, I, I could express ideas without being uh, obst- uh, like hindered by my inability to draw human figures. And when I started to teach myself, I just I decided now I need to learn because now I'm doing this full time. I just left my PhD program. So now it is my job to get better at this. So at that time, I had a lot of fear drawing from observation. And I also didn't think it's a good thing to do. I just thought that uh, it, it's not really drawing. So I went online and I went to this, uh, I went on Reddit and I went to this subreddit called uh, Reddit Gets Drawn, in which people submit photos of themselves in interesting costumes, interesting poses. And every day I would draw 10. And I did it for days and days. Like some days I drew one, two, three, some days I drew 10, five. I made more than 400 or 500 portraits on Reddit Gets Drawn. And I kept doing it and it became this addiction for me. Like I really loved it and that sort of gave me like exactly how you mentioned with the grid it helped me to climb these first few steps and then the next time i went outdoors to draw suddenly i was able to draw humans and i think of it in this way like i think that what happens is when we draw we are sort of developing a language all the shapes we draw are different symbols in that language and we are building, therefore, thinking of a language, we are building a vocabulary inside our head. This is how heads can look. This is how noses can be. This is how eyes and arms and legs and clothes can look like. And then 
when we observe more we are able to draw from our vocabulary and be like okay i have 50 eyes in my mind i can draw one of them here and sometimes you add to that vocabulary sometimes you borrow from that vocabulary but eventually whatever your path to building that vocabulary that's what the artist needs to pursue and sometimes you find in photographs you find an easier route to doing that now i, I now since we started talking about your daily drawing, drawing project i really want to go into it can you tell me how uh, you felt the need to start a daily drawing project what was the motivation behind it it is funny because on 2017 i have this friend of mine that he did a instagram challenge which was to take a picture every single day of that year i think it was in black and white i don't remember i think it was a black and white picture uh, for every single day in 2017 and when the when he ended up he said this is the most difficult thing that i've done because it's so hard to find what to uh, take a photo a photo of and i said and i said <laughs> you're kidding me i mean how can be that uh, hard just to take a picture because i want he's a really good friend of mine so i was making fun of him and say if i did that i will do it by doing it drawing every single day and he goes like no you'll be out of in, in 10 days you'll be quitting the challenge and that's how it started i so the the january 1st of uh, 2018 i decided to do uh as long as i could uh a drawing per day and i'm posted on instagram i mean because i was going to do like the challenge and i always said that when you have a commitment when you commit to something and if you if you don't express it out loud uh you're more likely to quit because no one knows it's like when you when you when you're in a diet you know if you don't tell anyone it doesn't matter you know at the end you go okay i start tomorrow and no, i start next monday but if you tell like your family they will go like but you haven't done your diet because you look pretty bad now, you know whatever so i <laughs> i decided to tell everyone so i decided like i'm going to commit with this like big time and i started with like 400 people in my instagram account like most of them friends and it didn't work that much i mean i just i, I start posting it and then that year in june i i went on a trip with my dad uh to japan and of course i was uh, sketching every day so i started like sketching my journey and i think that was the point when people started like getting interested in what i was uh doing and all the things started like uh growing up growing up like the the the, the followers and it, i have to say that it helped me a lot because when i felt like i i was tired or i mean i remember this this day that i had a really big headache i mean i was dying and i didn't feel like sketching i decided that i was going to sketch myself like this and i just sketched my 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 shoes and and like my my my, my hands uh and that was pretty nice because every as i say every time i looked at that i remember that day you know and but it was 
sometimes it was just because I thought there was someone else on the other side of the of the screen waiting, which I I know they are not, but waiting for me to post that the 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 sketch. And I also decided to number them. So I put like one of thirty of three sixty-five and then two, three, four, five. And at the end of the year, actually I I, I finished that year earlier. I did more than one per day. And sometimes I have to say that I didn't. So when I didn't, the next day I would do like two. And sometimes I would go like three or four. And I started, uh, I, I finished my, my 365 sketches like three or four days before the end of the year. And, and that, that year ended up with an, with an invitation to send one of my sketchbooks to a gallery, an art gallery called uh, Sugar Lift in, in New York with another, I don't remember, maybe 14 or 15 uh, sketchbook artists. And that was awesome for me. I mean, I didn't expect that and I wasn't looking for it. And it felt really good to be like, you know, someone uh, said, this is worth it. And ask him to send him uh, to send us uh, his sketchbook. So I decided that I wasn't going to stop because of that. Because I, I, I said, well, this is something that, that I really find joy doing it. And if this can grow up a little bit more, let's see where it goes. And I started the second year, and then I started third, the fourth. And this is my fifth year. But I have to say that after four years, I stopped for a month. I just start again, like uh, a couple of weeks ago in February, but all the January is stopped because, well, I have to do a lot of thinking because after four years, it gets, uh, you know. I What I really loved about this story is that you started it as a challenge to uh, your friend. So yeah. you sort of started it without fully knowing what you were getting into. No, 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 no. I didn't know. But you know, a thing that now that I stopped for this month, it's easier for me to do it every single day than doing it once in a while. When, when I do it like once in a while, I say, well, maybe I do it tomorrow. And then the next day I have a lot of things to do and say, ah, let's do it on the weekend. If I'm committed to do it every single day, it's different. I have to find the time to do it. Even if it's 15 minutes, but I know that I have to do it and I, and, I, and I do it. And I think that for me, it works like that. It, I, couldn't, I couldn't start sketching again once in a while because I know I'm going to fill my day with other stuff and then I'm going to start doing it every two weeks. And then, you know, I need it, I need it to be like a routine thing. Absolutely. And you're so right. Like uh, it routine is the word for it. Like if you don't, if you uh, do it once a week or you think I'll do it two or three times a week, every time that you think about it, you have to take that decision. And so you have this opportunity to uh, postpone it that, okay, maybe not today. It's a little hard today. And I want to do it like that. But if you eliminate the choice, so a daily practice means you don't take the decision to draw. You have to do it. It's just as important as waking up and having breakfast or something. You, It has to be done. So a lot of things come into it. So I'm just thinking about you having a busy life as an architect. You have another profession. You have other responsibilities as a, in, to your family as well. So lots of 
uh, these things play a role in what you end up drawing. Some days you might find you have an hour to give or even two hours to give. And some days you have only five minutes. So when you started this project, I want to kind of go back to the starting, like this first month. Uh, I've done a month long project two, three times every year. I think I do it once. I do one month of daily drawings. And even in that, sometime around day 15 or 16, it starts to, like it suddenly it yeah. needs a yeah. fresh commitment. <laughs> yes. Tell yeah, me about I mean, that kind of that kind of feeling. Yeah, I felt that. I mean, finding the inspiration for me, and I think for most of us, is like the most uh, difficult part to keep uh, doing it every day. So I understood about like serious. I mean, so I had like serious. In the beginning, it was maybe my family, my pets. I have a, I love ponds and I love uh, koi fish and I have one in my office and and in every building that we that we made that we put uh, ponds. So I have I have lots of them around. So I used to and, and the reflections are awesome for black and white. So that was a big inspiration, but I couldn't do it every day. You know, so so I have that the ponds. I have my family and I have my pets, and that was like three series. So I kept like jumping from one day to another with the series. And sometimes uh, I program myself to be on Saturday to go downtown. So that day I knew I was going to do uh, a building. And then I start putting more things into my equation, like nature, because I, I, there is something about nature that I love too much, which is uh, is different from everything. Because when you do a portrait and you mistake, I mean, everybody can tell. I mean, just, you know, because it is a portrait. When you do a building, it's kind of the same. When you do a car, I mean, tell me about it. I mean, just everybody knows how a car looks like. I mean, you know, those wheels, and it's so hard. But with nature, it has the thing that is different. I mean, a tree, you start doing this tree, and and the tree is a tree. I mean, it doesn't have to be exactly like the one that you're looking at. You can stretch it, you can compress it, uh, you can frame it as you want. And I love that uh, of nature. So I, I started enjoying it a lot of, and since I travel between Colombia, which is, you know, tropical paradise. I mean, it's incredible, huge green, dark green leaves, you know, and, Half of my life is there and half of my life is here in Barcelona, which is Mediterranean and you don't see that much uh, green uh, here. It's always like dirt and, you know, more dry. I love to sketch when I'm here, what I see here and then compare it to when I'm in Colombia. To... So I have this like maybe five series of uh things that I always go when I don't find the inspiration here. Right. And uh, I love that point about nature because uh, so as a fellow line work artist, I am very scared of drawing nature and my art, you will, if you look at my drawings, you will see that I draw trees in a very particular way in which I don't go into the details of the trees because if you're drawing lines, then trees have so many borders and shapes and lines for you to do. But I love what you said that uh, there is a liberation in that, that there isn't, it has to be a tree. It does not have to be that 
battery exactly every time as opposed to a car because i have that same problem with cars i always draw a car and it looks like some other car like it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't look like that it happens to me with portraits because i and i always say to my family that i have the ability to make a portrait that looks to like two people at the same time so that is that that is an ability i mean it's it's not that i am mistaken it's just that that i that i make people to look like some other people you know but uh, the thing about nature or the thing about trees is that when we when, i'm going to say that when when i used to do a lot of architecture uh trees were something like a negative space on my drawings i used i used to do the outlines and then concentrate on the buildings and you knew there was a tree but there was a tree abstract tree when i do it now and i concentrate on nature i just don't think about them as, as lines but as values and that that is where light gets important so i try to understand how the light uh affects the tree that i'm doing or the leaf or whatever the dirt uh so i don't think much about about lines i think about more than you know uh values and negative so overall negative spaces you know like concert and the other dark thing goes goes uh in and that is a pretty different approach to 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 the sketch and to me that's why it takes 2 hours because actually i used a, a a really thin uh fine liner i used the double line the d- double uh, 05 which is like the thinner one and cuz i like all this richness in the darkness and what that's why it takes a lot of time sometimes to to do a sketch yeah that's 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 actually very interesting because this is something that happens with lines and even when i draw busy scenes uh, urban scenes it tends to happen this way that a line starts from a building but then that same line becomes part of something else and it's almost necessary to do that to see like we were talking about how when you were when you were first drawing this church that it didn't look like the church in front of you and sometimes uh, when we are caught in this loop of borrowing images of things from our head from our ima- mind of what it should look like so this is something i advise uh, students in my workshop that you should see it but you should not recognize it and in order to not recognize it sometimes you have to disobey the border of what you are drawing so don't draw just the building make that building into the road and if you take a single line from the road and into your building suddenly you're looking at a very unique different shape and will set you free from drawing what you think you should what you think it should look like and let you really just look at what you what is in front of you well actually in my case i try to look to the negative spaces always i mean i try to if i'm doing this hand for example i don't think about the fingers i think about the angle of this thing on the background i look at the background and i see what what what's going on here which is like uh you know th- this angle but it's not a finger and the same here and that's 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 how i try to to do it right right um, to see the hand but to not see the hand exactly exactly i tried to yes and i know there's a lot of exercises about it i remember my dad saying just if you take a picture and you put it upside down and try to uh to sketch uh or draw 
that picture I upside down, your brain will understand what you're drawing and then you you do it better. I for example, talking about that church, I remember I, I start doing the lines of because it's a it's a brick, uh the, the church has uh, brick wheels walls, I'm sorry. Um, and I start doing all these lines and trying to do every single brick, which looks terrible because all the perspective got lost at some point. And then with the time I when when, when I when I when I when I when I sketch uh brick walls, I understood that the lines are lighter than the brick. So you don't have to do the lines. What you have to hatch, what you have to get darker is the brick and leave those lines uh lighter. And it gives you a different perspective. So you you are not doing bricks. I mean you are not doing all these lines and because that's what you think the brick walls look like. You know, yeah. What a what a great point. Um, now you started this daily drawing project. Uh, tell me about. Uh, now I'm thinking about how that sort of this all these constraints around it, the constraints of time and location. Uh, what was the first time that you started to draw something that you had not previously, you know, attempted before, or that you didn't think? You know, sometimes uh, when I'm drawing outside in public. I'm running through this idea and I have to constantly fight it inside myself that there are some things that are worth drawing and some things are not really subjects of art. They're just, it's just an ordinary thing. And sometimes you find that, the, and of course you find that that's not true. Everything can be a subject of art. So there is this, there is this understanding that comes from this putting this rule on yourself, right? That right now I'm going to draw and this is the thing in front of me. So I'm, this is the thing I'm going to draw. And then you start to appreciate uh, all, all these different values about it, that this is also a subject worthy of being drawn, worthy of being made into art. So what were fun, some of these first times that, you know, you, as an architect, you have a, you have a appreciation, a technical, uh, educated appreciation towards architectural construction. And uh, having drawn before, you have an understanding of the things you find beautiful in your world. What were some of these things you learned through this daily drawing project that, you know, that occurred to you from this practice that this is also something I can draw? And how did that help you expand, you know, the number of things that you started to include in your sketchbooks? I'm trying to think what was the first little thing that I that I sketched. I mean, maybe maybe it was like third or four day of, of, uh, this, of this uh, challenge. That we went to a restaurant and I knew I had like huge uh, meetings all afternoon. And I wasn't going to be able to do anything. So I sketched like this little uh, flower uh, bowl in the middle, I mean, in, in, in the table. And I thought, that's a lot of things to do there. I mean, because I started like, you know, this is going to be nothing. And when I finished, I that has a lot of leaves and these flowers, pretty difficult to sketch. So I thought, you know, there's complexity on little things. Then I did like the mouse, I mean my mouse, and, and the headphones, and I, I, I wear a hat like every day, my hat, and all the the the, the folds on, 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 on the on the on the on the hat were like difficult to do. So it was because it was easier to go outside that I started looking for things in the house. Like, you know, the rice that we use, I don't know. There's so many things in the back of rice and in, in, in a box of rice. There's, I don't know. It was just step by step that I, that I started uh, finding 
beauty on simple and uh, daily things, you know. My shoes, I mean, it's like the cars because drawing shoes, they ha- everybody knows how those shoes are. I mean, if you wear Converts or New Balance or whatever, people knows how, how, how they look. So it is hard to, 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 to do it. And it's being an architect, you need a lot of people around you to build things. Like um, you need a team to build a building. I mean, so many people involved in one project. Going out uh, to sketch outside, most of the time, in my case, involve people because I grab my family or it's when we are traveling and sometimes it's not easy because they don't want to, uh, whatever. But there was there was a time in, in, in my life where, where I, I did web pages and I liked about that, that it wasn't any, any, anybody else was involved. It was just me in front of the computer. And when I did rendering in, in, in architecture, it was just me. And this thing is almost the same. It is just me with a simple thing sitting in, in a room in my house. I mean, I don't want, I don't have to involve anyone. And I love that because anything else involves like I have to go out or I have to take the car or I have to find the spot where uh, my wife and my kids have the time to come with me because we I'm going to spend the whole afternoon on uh, or the morning in a, a Sunday morning. I'm not going to go by myself and living there in the house. It is a time for us. So there's so many things, but being in the house and sketching a bottle of beer, that I'm going to drink later while I'm drinking the other one while I'm sketching this one, I find it very, very joyful. You know, you can think of even a daily drawing challenge as a kind of constraint that now you have to do this every day. And often, you know, a lot of artists talk about drawing when they feel the inspiration to do this or writers. And as a writer also, I've felt this way that, you know, I'm going to write when I'm in the mood to write. But uh, this is a constraint that we put on ourselves that I'm going to write every day or I'm going to draw every day. But within there, as you mentioned, as you explained, there comes this liberation. You understand that there is something to draw every day. And if you write every day, you will understand that there is something to write every day and you will start showing up and you will start putting that in. And that realization, it changes you in very profound ways. So this daily drawing project, what kind of evolution did you see in yourself as an artist? Once you started putting this rule down that every day, this is my routine. How did it change the things that you were looking in the world around you? Well, the first thing that I, that I noticed is that with practice, you are able to um, commit with more difficult projects. You know, like in the beginning, um, it was just one page or one little page and and you arrive to send certain kind of details. But then with, with, the, with the everyday practice, you find out that you can like get in front of really uh, difficult, or not difficult, but the thing that you, you thought that they, they were difficult in the beginning. And that is, that is, that is awesome. I, lo- I love that. I love that feeling that you know that you practice, uh, when you practice, you're getting better at it. The other thing has to do with the doors that you open 
or the people that contact you because of what you're doing. I never thought that I was going to be, that I could, for example, just, just an example, that I could leave out of this. I thought it was like a hobby, you know, something that I did good, something that I did once in a while. And when I did it, people were, like, people close to me were, David knows how to draw. You know, that was the guy that knew how to draw. But doing it like every day and you start realizing that you could do that for a living and that you could do that every day and that I couldn't have not any more meetings and I could do this. You know, it opened that door and I love that feeling because it gives you freedom to say, well, I could do that, you know. That is something that that, that, that arrived with, with, with my challenge. And I know it wouldn't arrive uh, if I didn't do this. I mean, doing it like every once in a while, I wouldn't arrive to the point that I would say, why don't we start, I don't know, making a course or or, or selling my, 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 my prints. So, you know, that is something that, that changed a lot about, uh, because of the of the of the of the subject of the of the of the challenge i'm sorry and i feel like sometimes like you know you entered this challenge uh, this practice as a challenge to a friend that i can do this every day and sometimes i feel that that well ignorance is not the word but this naivety just being naive about how how difficult it actually is and that you know it's a, it's a big thing to draw every day but not knowing how difficult it is is sometimes so important to get into yeah. things oh definitely 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 i, I mean if I didn't, if I couldn't do it, it wouldn't have. It, I mean, it wouldn't matter. I mean, it, it, it didn't matter at the point. I mean, I, I just say it because he was my friend, and I say I can't do it. You know, if someone said, "I'm going to pay you a thousand dollar, and you will have to paint or we have to draw every day for a year," I will feel like you know, in a position that maybe I would say, "I don't know. I don't think I'm going to do it because you know, if you're going to pay me for that." I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to. This thing uh, started as a joke and I just committed to it and, and I finished the year. And when I, when, when, when I finished uh, that, that year, I thought it wasn't that hard. I mean, it wasn't that bad. And that's why I started the game and then again and then again, you know? And it's, it's not that hard. I mean, I think everybody could do it. I think everybody could do it. And if you become, if you, instead, if you were fully aware of the difficulties, if somebody had explained to you how difficult it's going to be after one month, after three months, after six months, maybe you would not have started it. But once you just get into things, when you reach an obstacle, you find a way to cross it. And instead, if it's playing in your mind the whole time, then that obstacle becomes a lot bigger than it actually is. And that challenge seems like I won't be able to do it. Why, why should I start? Actually, actually, there was um, after the pandemic, I finished my third year, like maybe nine uh, drawings low. And in the beginning, I thought, oh, man, this is so bad, you know? And then I thought, why? I still have 357 drawings this, this year and I still have my, 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 my sketchbooks full of memories. So last year I finished uh, like 
also 20 days low. And that's when I, 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 I decided to stop for this month because I wanted to understand if I wanted to keep doing it. Because uh, what I feel now is that I, I'm committed to do like a sketch every day. And it hasn't has to be that way because when you drew one thing every day, your project has certain size. I mean, you cannot do a big thing because I mean you're not going to finish it. I I got this thing of doing everything in a sketchbook, and sometimes I feel I want to go bigger, uh, and I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with that. In some point. A couple of years ago, I decided that I wanted to learn how to uh, tattoo. And and I, I really want to. But then it came the, 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 the COVID pandemic and I couldn't do it. And then this past year, I thought it was going to be like the year I was going to learn how to tattoo uh, uh, very good. But it came out that in the beginning of last year, an online uh, platform, learning online, like artists uh, teaching. It's called Etcher. They called me to do some workshops. So I started doing them, then it came another one, then another one, and it became like the year of the courses. So I put aside again my tattoo thing. So I thought this year, okay, this one is going to be <laughs> the year I'm going to learn how to tattoo. But of course, that takes time, like everything in life. So I still... No, don't know where I want to go. But everything is just like one thing go, goes after the other. I mean, if I didn't start that, I wouldn't have these this problems. You know, I, I wouldn't have these questions in my mind. What I do, like tattoo or, or uh, giving courses or whatever, or, or keep uh, sketching or, you know. And I love that. I love that. And that is the power of doing it. It's just by doing things that you walk and open doors and then you have these huge uh, questions in your mind what should i do so true so true and um let's let's talk about teaching now since you brought it up um tell me a little bit about how this began and how do you how do you feel about this role like uh, were you always inclined towards teaching your skills to other people or was it something challenging for you no i mean actually actually i always thought that i couldn't express my feelings by talking that much and I was good at drawing because of that, especially in architecture. I mean, I don't like to express uh, projects by talking. I like, I mean, I always thought that the best way to, to show uh, something, it was by drawing it. I mean, you could understand better in that way. So I always thought that I couldn't explain myself. And for example, when my mom will ask me how the printer goes. I, I suppose that is the question of all, all mom's questions. Uh, David, please tell me because I, I need to print this. And I, I didn't have like, I, I couldn't. I, I just felt like I didn't want to. I didn't want to explain her anything. So that feeling always was with me. I, I don't want to explain anything. I, I, I just, you know. So when Etcher asked me, to do this workshop. Maybe before that, I have a friend, which in that moment was my friend. I, I just didn't knew him actually. I, I think I followed him, but I didn't uh, met him before. He asked me to do an Instagram live, you know, him and me. 
uh, together. And I was just about this to say no, because I, I didn't feel confidence to sketch and everybody uh, looking at, you know, in real life, because I thought, what if it comes wrong? You know, what would people think? And that was like my first approach to contact people while I was sketching. And we were reading the comments and we were, you know, talking about what we were doing. And when we finished that hour, like the sketching, I felt awesome. It was like, what a great time we had. I mean, that was, we did a couple more. And then at the end of 2020, uh, actually contacted me and asked me if I wanted to do a workshop with them. And this ha- they have this, like, it's, um, the course goes like you do like a couple demonstrations, a workshop, like an hour and a half workshop, which is like a big demonstration. And then you do a Zoom with no more than 10 people. And then it's you with 10 people talking like we are doing. And I was really, I have to say that I was really afraid of it. I mean, I just, you know, it was, I, I didn't know if, 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 if it was going to do it, but I, I have nothing to lose. If I do it wrong, they won't call me again. And that, that will be it. You know, actually it went really good. It went really, really good. And we got, I don't know, maybe 400 people in the workshop, which is like really, I mean, a lot of people. And I liked it a lot. And then they asked me again. And then some other uh, people from Sketchy, which is, uh, I think they're from, from the, the U.S., they called me for a program called uh, 30 Days, 30 Places, which they call 15 artists in different techniques. And each one of us had like two days and we have to sketch like a place around us and do a demonstration and explain how we did it. And that was perfect for me. I mean, because this is that's, that, that's what I do. Like, you know, sketch things around me. And last year, at the end of the year, maybe in July, maybe July, I got called by Domestica, which is like, you know, like a huge uh, online art teacher platform. And I did two courses with them. And now we have one online, which is working. But this is like big numbers. It's like, you know, they are huge or their impact is pretty, pretty, pretty big. And maybe there is like, 4,000 students right now on my domestic course in just like a month. And that is a big thing because uh, there's a, there's a forum where we get to talk and all people are, I mean, it's a totally different thing. What I, I mean, it doesn't have to do anything with, with, with the sketching. It has to be, it has to do with being part of a community, you know, now. And I feel that I feel like I'm no one to teach you how to sketch. I'm no one. I just, I'm just trying to tell you my experience. And if that inspires you, I will feel awesome because it means that you're going to sketch and you will do your, 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 your work. I mean, your, your path, you, you will learn by yourself. I mean, just I, I, the only thing that I can tell you is how I feel and, and what I do. And if you feel inspired by it. That is awesome. That is, and that is something that, I, that I've been learning all this all this time that I've been, you know, trying to tell people my experience. And it's not, it's not about teaching. It's just about sharing, sharing. 
Yeah, yeah. That's and that's that's such a good way to put it because I also have often felt this. I don't know if it's fair to call it an imposter syndrome, but just this idea that I am not qualified to teach anybody. But the good thing about the internet is that we all have something that we can share that can be of value to somebody. And now uh, we don't have to think of that old model of teacher and student in which the teacher was many, many, many levels above a student. You can be at the same level in terms of, say, pure skill, but you can still have something to impart about your perspective or your experience that can be useful to somebody. So uh, I have had students in my workshops who are better, much better artists than me. But maybe there is a particular skill or a particular thing that I do that they want to take from me. And I am able to share that with them. And I love this equation, this almost like a very a horizontal equation between teacher and student in which you're just sharing skills or sharing ideas and not necessarily, uh, you know, teaching from above looking down at some or you know somebody who is beneath you in some in a hierarchical level so now the idea of teaching and teaching being a way to also teach yourself certain things i want to ask you about this experience of you know conducting these classes has that affected the kind of artist you have have you had any understanding about your work that you didn't have before from simply telling people about it I don't know. No, I don't think it, 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 it doesn't affect what, I, what, I, what, I, what I've been doing. It's just that I'm more aware of, um, of the importance of putting, of sharing uh, my things. Not only because I think people is going to think it's free or it looks great, but because of the inspiration. And especially of sketching a lot. I mean, I maybe I was gonna say maybe I get as much uh, comments about uh, how it looks, how it looks, than the my productivity. I mean, because I sketch every day and every day, every single day. If you go, if you go to my my my, my Instagram, every single day is like a page of of a uh, of a. Uh, of a sketchbook, of course, uh, and and I think that inspires people more than if I sketch awesome or not, you know, or that I find inspiration in simple things or uh, things that people goes by and never look at them, and that that thing teaching uh, makes me aware of that thing and. It it, it it just puts a big weight out of my shoulders because in the beginning I was like like, like you said concerned about my technique because that was that was what what I was going to teach the technique how the cross hatching which is what I, what what I what I do the most uh, how it works and, and exercises of cross hatching and then I understood that you just need a few things to know to know a few things about cross-hatching because everything will go uh, with practice. I mean, everything you will learn it by just putting four principles on it and then you will practice and, and you will have it, of course. But what is most difficult is what, how is, I mean, what takes you to get out from the couch and just grab your sketchbook and go out and, 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 and do it. And, 
And maybe, I don't know if it happens to you, but I can remember being a kid and looking something and thinking, I want to do that. I mean, I, I think I can do it. And you go and try to reproduce what you saw and what, you, what inspired you. And that is something so powerful. I mean, I love, I love that part of teaching. Yeah, yeah, so true. T tell me a little bit about, uh, you mentioned you've prepared two courses with Domestica and one of them has uh, been released a month ago. Tell me a little bit about this course. What kind of things, are, aside from uh, the pure cross-hatching technique of yours, what kind of things are you teaching students? Actually, this this course, uh, the first course is about is about uh, I'm thinking and trying to think a word in, in English, but it's a vital it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a vital diary. It's just like it's it's a, it's a diary. It's what what I do. I mean, so I divided that that, that course in in three main parts. The first one is little things, it's small things, uh, things. Uh, that we were talking, you know, a glass, uh, a plant in your house, and I show people how I approach to the to that kind of uh, sketching, how I frame it in in, in page. Because for me, the page is, of course, the most important thing. I mean, you have one or two pages depending on the sketchbook that you have, and you have to frame everything there, and you have to think about it. I mean, you have to think where the main thing is and where. If you, if you're putting that on the left or the right side, and I and I explain how I approach how how I approach that and how I frame it, and the second the second um, part is about uh, family and pets. It's how I do it and how I started doing it. So we talk about the creeds and you know how how of course you are not going to do it uh, live because if you're starting, you have to take a picture. And we decided which picture and why, and we take a picture of my family and we we, we sketch it. I mean, I demonstrate how to, how, to, how to do it with the grid, and then we put color on it a little bit, of course, which is I what I, what I, what I do sometimes. And then the third one is the the territory, is the the, the urban sketcher, is is going outside and, and sketching your your surroundings. And because it's the course, we do it uh, with a picture, but you know, you can do it uh, for life. And in that, we we also talk about proportions and, and values. And of course, the the cross-hatching is always there. And I explain how to do it with the cross-hatching technique, you know? And be before that, you well, I explain, you know, my influence and my backgrounds and a little bit of what we're talking here. And everything is just, because they're very professional doing it, that it's just, it looks awesome. Uh, the cameras are, are awesome. I mean, they're very, very professional in doing those courses. And I'm going to say it, I mean, it's incredible cheap. cheap. I mean, just, you know, because like in the worst case, because they're always like sales and stuff, it's like $20. Yeah, yeah. I noticed yeah. I noticed the link uh, yesterday and I was seeing that it's it's so reasonable. It's accessible to so many people yeah. as a result of that. It's not yeah, right for them. And, and, and of course, you can do it like you have like three years to do it mm -hmm. and you can do it and redo it. And you will always have uh, the, the the videos and, and the information. And mm -hmm. there's a forum and we get to talk about you get to ask him questions if you right. want. And it, it works really, really nice. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm pretty happy about it. I mean, I was I was stressed because you have to prepare the whole course. I mean, 
there's a lot of preparing behind uh, behind the, the 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 course, but at the end the result was uh, I'm really really happy about it. Yeah. Right, right. And interacting with all these students, do you find most of them are uh, like what is what is the demographic of stu- uh, participants you're seeing? Are you seeing people who are professionally committed to drawing in some way, or uh, you know, yeah, is some part of, of their some, work, or are you also some of them, casual? Some uh, of them, some of them are really really good or they come from another areas like painting, watercolor, and they want to improve their, their cross-hatching technique, the inking, because they, they, they haven't done it before, or they want to improve it. Uh, some of them are uh, that. Uh, there's a lot of people that haven't sketched anything, and 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 for special for those, uh, is, is the course made? Because as I said before, this is not about art. This is not about the beautiful drawing that you can make. It's about it's about encapsulating your your uh, your life in a diary in an, in a sketchbook, and um, the final project of this course is for you in a month to encapsulate as much uh, um, memories in a sketchbook uh, as you can. Some of them what they may want, some of them two, three, or five, or whatever. But that is the final project that that that, that we do in that course. Yeah, that's that's so lovely. That's that's a wonderful project, and I think uh, like for these thousands of people, you will start them on similar daily drawing journeys, just like you started in 2018. And we're going to have yeah. so many more people <laughs> hopefully years yeah. and years after. <laughs> yeah, I hope. I mean, I love to see that. I actually the most beautiful thing about these courses or or you teaching is when you see the people at the end and they say. I had a, I had a wonderful time, or 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 this is this is so nice. Uh, thank you, thank you for the inspiration. I love that one. I mean, thank you for the inspiration. It's just such a huge uh, compliment, you know. It's like, yeah, that, that that was my big goal to inspire you to to draw and to draw is just because I draw and I just can invite you to draw, but it's just to inspire you to do something, to create something. I mean, anything. Because there is a part of the course that we do what I call the souvenirs, which I do a lot. I have this uh, this hanko, this this uh, rubber seal that I put, which went signature and and the date. Uh, and sometimes when I'm in a place, I take a souvenir, whatever, and I just stick it on on, on the page, and I write things, and that things like uh, full my page and you can do as much as you want of those and less of drawing but still you know there is this 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 uh, spanish guy called jose naranja which the, the, does this sketchbooks beautiful sketchbooks small ones full of writing and little uh, uh post seals and, and and he doesn't draw at all but he just created these wonderful sketchbooks. And, you know, in my case, I try to inspire you by drawing and don't do any cross-hatching because that's what I do. But, it, but, but the main goal is just do something, create something. And you, you see the power of that when you finish and you feel like, did I do that? I mean, I wasn't able to do something. I thought I wasn't able to do something. And now because this guy 
uh, inspire me a little bit. I did this. Ah, that is awesome for me. That is that is the, the main goal, of course. And I, I think the the most powerful aspect of that is that when you're providing, you know, you're not teaching a specific skill, but you're providing inspiration. And what that does is that they could go in so many directions that you have no idea about yourself. They could produce so many different kinds of things simply because uh, there's this concept I keep coming back to, you know, that all of us in our lives, we need permission from other people in our lives to do certain things. We feel a little afraid or we feel like we don't deserve it or we don't have the right to do a certain thing until somebody gives us inspiration or permission. And we we go out and Instagram is my way, for example, of looking at other people's art. I've looked at your art and I have looked at your cross hatching and you have given me permission to do cross hatching a certain way because I see you do it and it's like, oh, this works. You can, I can, I can do this thing. So I have taken permission from you as well. So I, I maybe let's, uh, can you tell me about some of these artists who have given you permission to do things and you have tried things that you thought you couldn't have done? Okay. My first one, uh, which is directly connected to what I do, uh, it's an architect, it's a Colombian architect called Herman Tejes. Uh, he was already in his 70s, 80s when I was in, in, in college. So. He goes back to the 40s when he studied. Actually, he worked with the Corbusier, which is this uh, French, he uh, actually is, is, is Swedish, um, huge architect. He worked with him and he traveled Europe in the 50s, 60s, 50s. And he, he, he drew on a sketchbook and he had this beautiful sketchbook full of uh, European buildings which I thought was awesome. And I dreamed to be like him. And I thought that will be my goal in life uh, to uh, travel around Europe and sketch, you know? And that's what I did when I went to Dublin and I couldn't uh, uh, study. So I went around Europe and I have my, my, my sketches, uh, my sketchbooks uh, uh, done in that trip. And that was the first one to allow me and I, of course, wanted to sketch like him. And I did everything in, in my power to make my sketches to look like the ones that he did, you know? And I suppose that's how you always start, like copy. I mean, copying is, is, is perfect. I mean, if you like something, you try to do it like that and then you find your way. And then when you get the technique and you feel a little bit the flow, you start going your way. And that was my first thing. Then, of course, uh, when you get into Instagram, you start meeting this. It's, it's just incredible. Sometimes I just get mad, you know? <laughs> it's just, I'm so jealous sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> just, I just feel so jealous. I, I went to, I'm going to look for his name because I don't remember his name because he's French. He lives in Madrid. And I went to a next to, to a show, an exhibition, uh, while I was filming the Domestica course in Madrid. Uh, so I went to see his exhibition, and I just came out of there. My mind was going a thousand miles per hour, and I was telling my wife, "I need to do something like him." You know, <laughs> it's just something that I just and I get kind of mad, like. I think I can do that. Why I'm not here? I mean, you know, I need. 
Of course, then you when you realize that it's just everything is about work. It's, everything is about time. It's about it's about doing. I mean, he wouldn't be there if he wasn't doing what he's doing. Huge, huge watercolors, urban watercolors, incredible, and that kind of thing is just like my my motivation, my mother. Something when when you see when you see someone that you feel that you could you could do it, and of course sometimes they are like two three steps ahead uh, in the in their skills. And I try to catch him, you know. And then when I I, I try to to maybe 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 now not that much because I got so much into my technique that that sometimes it's hard to get out. Um, but I try to copy some some of their stuff, and then you get some of that uh, knowledge and you put it into your uh, into your and and, and make the and, and make that yours and. Everything, everything that, that, that you see in, 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 in my sketch, in my sketches, uh, I could say, well, actually, I didn't invent the the, the, the red hanko. I mean, I, I saw it, and I know where, and I just put it, and now it became my thing, uh, my vertical lines. <laughs> I know where I found them, and then it just uh, when someone sees these vertical lines, they know uh, maybe maybe. They are mine. This, but everything you you are just like a jar, and you putting things into that jar, and then you shake that thing, and then you, you you know you spit your thing, you know, and and I think that's how it works, and this I think that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. I I I absolutely love how you started this because I feel like that people underestimate how useful that kind of anger that you have sometimes when oh. you look at another artist. <laughs> God, how did he think yeah. of this? I, why am I not doing this? And how dare he? And yeah, I mean, I I used to do this uh, this uh, Instagram lives with with a great friend of mine called Alvin uh, Chan. You know, you, you know, you, if, you, if you know me, okay. And the way he he draw, it's just like it's just like so easy. And he, okay, yeah, it's just like. I hate you, man. I mean, why? Of course, he says it's his practice. I mean, he'd be practicing much more than than we do for sure. You know, for, for more time. Uh, but that gives me the motivation for me to practice more and to achieve something like uh, I I saw him and I think it's so awesome to do it. Some kind of Sometimes I, I, I look, I, I suppose because I'm an architect, is the composition. I love the Japanese uh, illustration when it's almost abstract, but you can understand everything. Or there's details and then there's this huge abstract part. I love to do that and I just grab things from it and I try to frame my things in, 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 in that way. Uh, but I get the motivation of almost everything that I just feel that thing that I say, there's something that I tell my wife always, like she likes something. I say, I can do that. I will do it for you. <laughs> but uh, I mean, like a table. I mean, she, we, we are in, in, I know, in a furniture uh, uh, shop and she sees something like incredible. And I go like, I can do that. I will do it for you. So it happens to me like in illustration. 
I see something, I say, hmm, I can do that. And I just, that is like my motivation. To do yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I absolutely agree. I have faced this thought even when looking at your work. So I was talking about drawing nature and I look at you drawing trees and I see the work and it just annoys me so much because I'm thinking about <laughs> this is like, because I draw with a pen, I don't draw trees because it's so much work. And then I, and I have convinced myself that, you know, you it's just not reasonable to do it. It's only good to do it with paints because then you can, you know, colors are a different way of seeing reality and depicting reality and lines it's just too much work it's not it, there's no point and then i see you do it and you're doing and it looks so beautiful that i really want to do it now and it makes yeah, no. me very angry so i i feel yeah. I, I completely relate to that <laughs> i know i i know what that is you I have given exactly me that, what that is. anger slash inspiration <laughs> also yeah 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 <laughs> you know what I mean? it's just yeah when i tell my wife about that don't feel like that, but I, but I just can't help it. It's just something in, inside is is huge. It, it is huge, but it's it's beautiful because after you go out and after you shut your computer, uh, it's just. In, I bet you're gonna try to do it. I mean, you know, yeah. Like, and if you if you if you like it, you will start practicing, and then you know where the seed was. But it's, it's your path. Right. It doesn't have to do anything with me. It just so that's what I what what I was saying about teaching. I see. I think the, the most important thing is that see is that inspiration. Then it is your path, and it has to be your path. Yeah. I can understand this. Um, maybe with the online uh, thing, it's not that much. But when when I used to uh, when when teaching was going to this professor, uh, artist professor that you said that it was really huge uh, away from you and a step up uh, looking above uh, you. There were people like going for years and you could, you could know they were going to that artist because all of them paint just like him, you know? And it was like the David Morales school. All of these people were painting like him. I just don't believe that is, that is uh, actually, well, it is it is a way, but it's not the way that I like. I mean, right. I like about the, the exploration, how it makes you feel, uh, it's your path and how you look at the world, what is important to you. Uh, I mean, it does it doesn't have to be what I what I, what I see. I mean, to me, it's very important my surroundings. But maybe you, what you like is the sea, and you dream with the sea, and you have to paint the sea, but you live in in the land. And you take picture from the internet and and sketch right. the sea. I mean, right. it, I mean, right. yeah. it makes you feel it, it makes you feel great. Go for it. Yeah, you know. Yeah. There's this there's this quote by Picasso which I really uh, like. He said, uh, "Good artists copy, great artists steal." And I'll try to think of this difference between copy and steal. And it's exactly like you mentioned. You know, the seed of inspiration. You take something from somebody, but then you make it your own. And that is the essence of stealing in this sense. Like it's not that you have uh, unfairly taken something from someone, but that it is now yours. And it becomes yours when you fully integrate it in your way of working, in your way of showing the world. And I I may take something from you, which is just like the most remarkable thing that I notice when I look at your work immediately is the difference in the values and the resolution of those values using cross-hatching. So 
I may take that, but I am the person I am and I am interested in the things that I am and I'm not interested in the things I am not interested in. So I will adapt it to my style of working in some way. And hopefully in that way, I will steal successfully from your work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well said. (laughs) Yeah. I... My my, I have this uncle, this job, my rubber seal. You know, when I was in college, um, I I was very interested in Egon Schiele uh, paintings and Gustav Klimt, and there there was this uh, Austrian uh, architect called uh, Underwasser, Underwasser, and they all have this in common: this 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 signature. They put it inside a box. And I thought it was so cool. I mean, that was, you know, I didn't think anything else but cool. This is cool. So I put my, I put my name and I actually divided my name in, 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 no, in, in words. So it has the same uh, uh, characters, one above the other. So it wasn't David Morales. It was David Morales uh, H point and, and then the date. And I put it inside the box. That was my signature uh, for many years. Then I started putting it in red. I don't know why. Maybe I saw something. I don't remember. And so I put that in, in red. And then when I did my trip to Japan, I found out about the Hankos. And I understood that their signatures in, in that moment that, that was inspired for sure by the, the etching masters yeah the printmakers and i said oh my god so and i and i thought this is so cool i mean because i already i already uh, liked the the, the japanese illustration so i think i have to have my own hanko and it went all circle you know it was all rounded because i got inspired in that and they got inspired in this and i finally found why they were inspired and i made my own and it got and, and it makes sense you know and it is something that now I made my own. I made my own hanko, and and I'm all into that stuff, you know. And I and I think that is that is that is that is what we're talking about. It's just about inspirations, right? I love I love connections like this. I'm also a huge fan of Egon Schiele and Gustav Klimt. I went to this amazing museum in Vienna, where both of their works are put, and I got to learn about their life and see uh, their work in parallel to each other. And uh, just like you mentioned about the Japanese prints, one of my favorite artists of all time is M.C. Escher. And I take a lot of inspiration from him and the painstaking work he used to do. And he does exactly this. There is a square box in the corner with M.C. and E in it. And he also took that inspiration from Japanese printmakers who were very inspirational to him. So exactly like you mentioned, this circle of inspiration that we take from someone and then we find... and somehow uh, the people we take from it's also interesting to think about how the things that you like were also the things that they liked so you are almost following their journey of taking inspiration and finding things in the past and it's it's lovely to imagine that i and i also really like japanese prints i follow this youtube channel of this person who makes japanese prints in the style of 300 years ago so um and just this the idea that my curiosity is taking me on the same steps as mc escher's curiosity took him is makes you feel connected to something so big and it makes you gives you so much confidence and faith and validation in the journey that you're on yeah yeah i mean 
then you like the Japanese friends and then you take things out of that that you like. And then when you see that in some of the artists that they don't, maybe in the beginning you don't connect them to that, you start likely like immediately. There is something, for example, on those prints that, that I like, for example, on, on, on the cloth, the texture, it doesn't, um, it doesn't fold as the clothes does. I mean, you can see the lines of the folding, but the texture is like flat. And when I found that, I, I actually I put it sometimes in 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 my in in my portraits when I do the clothes. I just do like a flat black or maybe a texture that is flat. It doesn't. And then when I see that on some of the artists in in different approaches, of course. I immediately connect to that and I start liking it. It's just like you start decodifying things and then you got like like ingredients. And when when you, for example, you haven't you haven't tasted uh, a dish or whatever, a recipe, but you know it has some ingredients that you like, you immediately are more alike to eat it. And that happens also with, with, with this, you know, when you see some ingredients, you start liking it and then you discover a new ingredient and then you get the ingredient too. You know, it's just, it's just, it's, it's, I mean, I really like that about, about decodifying my, 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 my inspirations. Yeah, yeah, I I completely agree. Like it's uh, it's like these these tricks. Uh, like in uh, cooking is a really great example actually because you start to understand these things only when you also start to cook a little bit. Like you understand the processes involved in cooking, and that show gives you a behind the scenes understanding of how someone else might have prepared something and the value of different ingredients and the way that they are used. And similarly in art, you learn the you see sort of you see the structure with which somebody might have come up with something so you look at somebody's drawing and you think i could do it because you can see the steps that now you can understand the steps that they took in order to reach this final drawing and you can see where and this anger comes from this point of you know seeing where they took this one step where you would have gone left they went right and you're like yes this i why did i go left why didn't i go right yeah but now i'm gonna say it's the same thing, but just the opposite. Is sometimes I'm so hard on me with some things. For example, perspective. I don't know. You do your thing, and then you are not that happy because you miss that line. For example, because you are in, you're wanting to do something like really looks like what you're looking at, and you're really hard with you with that. And then you go see in a museum, whatever, or something, or someone that you admire. You go and look to them with a different eyes because you have done uh, things. You 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 you've been sketching a perspective and you've been mistaken and and you're been so you go and see how they did it because before that you thought they were like perfect, you know, and then you get to see them and you find out that is not that is not that they they already mistake they they were mistaken too what you thought it was a mistake. And it's go, it goes like, oh, it is not as perfect as I thought it was. And now I know because I've done it, because I tried to, because I, I tried to make this portrait and it didn't look right. And then I see his portrait and he's, he, those eyes are on level 
too, and I didn't I didn't realize that before. Exactly what you're saying. It's uh, like once you see them do that, and it sort of also helps you understand that this idea of uh, needing to be perfect is so overrated. Like it doesn't have to be exactly right. Yeah, I love yeah. this drawing, and yeah. now I can see that it's not quote unquote perfect. Oh yeah, definitely. And it's definitely that, and it just reinforces my 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 um, hypothesis. How do you call that? My my theory, which is we are not here to make things perfect. It's just we are here just to express, just to feel right with it, or just to do whatever you you feel inside. I mean, I I I I have this need of creation to create creativity and I've done it so many levels and I do my furniture. Well, I don't do my clothes because I don't know, but I would love to. I, I, I have this, this, this thing that I have to create something and it happens to be drawing and, and more you practice, the better you get. And at the end, that's what I want to show you that, that is that I'm not a superhuman. You are not a superhuman. You just, you practice a little bit more than me. I mean, that, that that's about it, you know? But I, I just have this 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 thing inside that I need to create something and I'm, that makes me feel good at the end of the creation, you know? And it's the same with architecture, the same thing. Just it takes longer and it involves more people because you all, most of the time you have a client and they put their things, of course, is, the, is their, their house or their building. So you have to be aware of it. But it's the same thing. It's the same thing with cooking. I mean, of course you wouldn't cook if the time that you put everything on the table, it goes like, oh, oh, disgusting. I mean, you won't cook anyway. You won't cook again. I mean, what we're, what we're doing in our creation is just most of the time that feeling when you were little that I say in the beginning that your mom saying, this is so beautiful. Your drawing is really beautiful. I mean, we are at the end looking for uh, a reaction, you know. Sometimes, I mean, reactions are pretty. Uh, maybe you're, you're looking for uh, that reaction, back reaction, uh, but you're looking for it. I mean, you're always looking for reaction, and and that is that is also beautiful about the social media that you instantly get that reaction. You know, I mean, the old people that can see, you know. That, that that's so true. That's so true. We take uh, like it is always important for an artist to be self motivated, but we only last very long when we have also an audience. The role of the audience is so important in validating us, in giving us encouragement, and nobody can really like. I wonder, like, would would anyone be an artist on a deserted island? Like, is is it possible to, you know, sometimes I think in this way that yeah, I, I only I, I, draw I, for I, myself. I, 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 and if I was completely I alone, I wouldn't draw. It. But it's not, it's not really possible to do that. Like there is the, the role of an audience is not just to appreciate us, but it is in fact, what makes it, what makes it art is the fact that people look at it and they like it. And there is a there is a exchange between the artist and their audience, which is not yes. only about appreciating, but also no, about no 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 no. It's about sharing. It's about it's about getting into a conversation. I mean, before social media, uh, I mean, w- when you are little, most of the time you want to show your mom, you want to show your dad, you want to show your 
brothers or your uh, your mates in school what you've done. And then, I mean, I used to show my family. And if I got invited to a show, I mean, it would be awesome because there's uh, some more people that I don't know and you are scared of what they're thinking, you know? Uh, now with, with social media, this thing goes really big because you put the put that thing out and sometimes out of control out of your control and and most of the time it is good i mean most of the time what you what you're getting back is is good things and, and make you feel that to try again i mean you want to try again because because it's, this thing is, is we we say in spanish it's like a fish that it is on tail you know it's just rounded the more the more people think that you that what you do is 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 beautiful or whatever or nice uh the more you want to do it and this goes round right yeah such a such a beautiful point and uh well on that point i would like to thank you for joining me in this conversation you have given me so many ideas and more importantly you have helped me uh validate so many ideas that were in my mind and I thought were only in my mind. So for example, the note of anger and jealousy, we both feel when we look at people so much better at certain things. It's great yeah, to know that we, we, we have to stop feeling bad about that anger. <laughs> Mishan, very, very uh, great to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so sorry I took so, so long. Uh, to, to this point, but uh, but I'm so happy uh, we did, and hopefully we meet uh, again soon. And I wish you I wish you the best in your projects, and I I just can't wait to see uh, more of your art on Instagram. The conversation yeah. continues in a postscript segment recorded exclusively for Sneaky Art Insiders. In it, David and I discuss ways to effectively communicate with our audience share ideas for some exciting upcoming projects we have, and we do this while drawing each other. I have a lot of fun recording these bonus pieces because they give me an excuse to say a long goodbye to the guest and also to share something special with the people that support this show. To receive the bonus segment in your inbox, to catch up on all previous bonus commentaries and postscript chats with my other guests, to speak with me about these episodes and upcoming ones, and for a chance to support this show and keep things going. All you have to do is become a Sneaky Art Insider. There is a link in the show notes with details to do so and a special one-time discount that I'm offering today. As always, you will also find the best insights from this episode in my free email publication, The Sneaky Art Post. Find the link to that in the show notes as well. Thank you for your time and attention. I will see you in the next one. Mm-hmm.